1: Welcome one, welcome all. It is 7.01 p.m. Central Standard Time on the final Tuesday in the month of May. It is May 30th, 2023. This is the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel and Twitch channel where we are live for tonight's BTV roundtable. You can, of course, watch us live or at your own convenience. You can listen to us on the Blog of the Boys podcast network if that is your uh, preferred choice as well. My name is RJ Ochoa. I barely made it here in the nick of time. With me here tonight are three fantastic horsemen. We will go in clockwise order for the visual audience. Chris Holling, the recent collegiate graduate. Congratulations, Chris. I hope you've had a wonderful couple of weeks. Well learned. Uh, How are you doing? Do you feel smarter now that you have the piece of paper?
0: I feel much smarter. I feel like that knowledge that I acquired through my education will help me get this win tonight on the round table.
1: We'll see. It's a, a unique subject which is why I pushed to be here. I almost wasn't here. Uh, and so I'm going to start to, uh, Tony Catalina off with a few points because Tony was ready. Tony was going to jump in the driver's seat. Uh, but when I told Tony in a little bit more detail, what we're going to, we, we, what we were going to be doing, he was like, that sounds really cool. I'm, I'm happy to be doing that. So that's when I was like, well, I can't miss it then if Tony thinks it's that cool. Um, I really want to make sure I'm here. So Tony, you are out to an early lead. Thank you for being ready. Uh, back from Florida. Um, what was the best thing you ate while there? You talked a lot about this on the first few minutes of First and Ten with eight.
2: Yeah, I mean, there was um some Trace Trace Leche's cake. I, I know I butchered that, but there was some cake at um a restaurant we went to that was inspired by my wife to come home and uh, recreate it. So it was that good. It was it was a really uh-huh. good uh cake
1: you also taught all of us on the episode in question that your wife uh, went to culinary school. So I don't know who did or did not know that, but now we all do at least. Uh, So thank you, Tony. I hope that the homemade version was just as good. Uh, Our final fourth person here tonight, Brandon Clements, all the way from the um, I was going to say the Pacific Northwest, but that's totally not true. It's the exact opposite side of the country. Uh, Brandon, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, How are you feeling this particular evening?
3: I'm feeling pretty good. Last week I was just back off of my own vacation. So I'm a little bit more settled back into the the normal uh, nine to five grind at the office, so I'm, I might be a little bit more, uh, I guess, a little more reserved than I was last week. Uh, I was a little fire, a little more fiery last week than I than I thought I would usually be.
1: Right on. Uh, We have a few matters to tend to. If it isn't obvious, by the way, you can see here and read all of these gentlemen all throughout the blog and the boys podcast written YouTube, whatever universe um, you want to call everything that we have going on here. Um, Let's see here. Chris, Kevin says that the education did not work uh, to put your hat on. Right. You do have a bit of a 2006, 2007 Tony Romo going on. You might have been a bit too young for that, Chris, but that was a thing. People were really upset that he would wear his cap backwards. I don't know if you knew that
0: i did not know that but now i do and now i'll wear it forwards the rest of the stream and
1: and just so you know i again i'm serious it was like a like a talking point like on first take that tony romo was not fit to be the franchise quarterback of the dallas cowboys because he wore his hat on backwards so uh let's see here tony uh speaking of tony's uh you have been given five points for the awesome cap company man tony catalina um also tony um kind of a a not cool move on your part because i haven't gotten a new round of hats made so brandon and chris don't have them so we had to just rub it in their face um so you know that kind of stinks tony but whatever hey you know the the milk has been spilled at this point uh and brandon uh rex has assigned you negative one points uh for the steelers colored t-shirt Do you okay feel like hold on hold on a second
3: rex This it's the muhammad ali shirt come on now
1: um okay well kevin uh chris has given you three points for turning your hat around uh chris can you tell us what kind of hat that is while i go throw away my gum and get a drink
0: yeah it's just a salty crew hat um i'm from north carolina so it's kind of like a beach type thing i don't know i just got it for pretty cheap at a local um outlet store and i don't know i just decided to wear a hat today the hair wasn't looking good you know you know you come up you know you you know with a bad hair day you know you got to cover it so uh, I'm
1: back. Uh, it's been a hectic ride for me to get here, but like I said, I really wanted to be here for this episode. I don't know what kind of hat it was, Chris, or is, but um, I trust that um, it was something special. Tony, can you give us a bit of a preview on what tonight is going to be? Because you kind of have a deeper idea than our other two contestants.
2: Yeah, so RJ presented this uh, scenario. We're going to almost go back to the future here in the sense that RJ is going to read us off some headlines, some things that... Uh, terrible job terrible, job. terrible job.
1: Terrible job. This All is right, what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're good going job, to buddy. play a game here. We're going to play a game called Headlines from the Future. Now, I did explain this to all three of you in Slack, and then I did get a little bit more particular with Tony when I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a statement. This statement is from the future. It can be good or bad in your own personal view, as you learned, Chris, with the question that you asked earlier. We'll keep that to the Slack channel. Uh, but I'm going to tell you a headline from the future. So whether you agree with it or not does not matter. It is truth from the the future you have to explain what happened with the dallas cowboys in order for us to have gotten to that point now hypothetically if i said you know headline from the future person x lost 50 pounds you'd have to be like well they clearly you know ran a lot they clearly went on a diet right like you have to kind of explain the x y and z that went into the event happening does everybody understand the rules yes sir Yep. Okay, well, there's a lot of silence on a on an audio and <clears> visual <throat> show, so you know, kind of you know, understand the medium, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Before we get going, uh, Rex says you should all have a blue shirt. Minus one stands. I have a blue shirt on for what it's worth. Chris, you look kind of blue uh, for what? Yeah, Chris has a, the cowboy shirt on from homage. So Got the homage uh, shirt. Yep. Um, and uh, Brandon, Kevin has given you one point because at least the shirt isn't Eagles green, but yellow is ugly. You are known to kind of wear shirts um, of the enemy, uh, Brandon, at the very least. So, um, all right. Uh, Tony you have seen the prompts I'll be straight up with you Uh, so you have seen the list of things I'm going to hand you out the what I think are the hardest ones because you've had some time to kind of study and analyze Um, but you'll also um, have to go first here as a result of it so that being said Tony it was a surprise to see this AFC team finish with a better record than Dallas which team why what was the record what went into this to your floor
2: I think there's a lot more hype around him. It remains to be seen what's going to happen here, but I personally would be surprised to see if this team, the New York Jets, are a better record than the Dallas Cowboys here. And it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes in and he kind of brings Gotham City back to relevance there. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if when it's all said and done, the Jets are the team with a better record than the New York Giants who they share a stadium with. But, uh, you know, that would be uh, the big surprise, and I think that's what we're going to be talking about later on in the year, possibly
1: give us the records i mean again you have to explain the headline what were what was yeah. each team's record
2: i got the cowboys going 11 and 6 and the jets going 12 and 5
1: Okay, so you are a believer in Aaron Rodgers. Just for the record, Tony loves the man who we all hate with all of our hearts, Tony Catalina. On Twitter, at Tony underscore Catalina, so everybody can get real pissed off at him. Chris, do you agree? Are the Jets the team that would surprise you? And again, it has to be a surprise, right? I can't the Chiefs, oh my gosh, oh, whatever. No, that has to be a surprise factor. Tony, you had one final thought.
2: I was say emphasis on the surprise. Like, I would be surprised if this team was, just for the sake of the
0: question. Okay, Chris. Okay, um... I think I would be surprised if the Jaguars managed to get a better record than the Cowboys. I think that they have a team that's pretty, pretty good and pretty up and coming and talented with Trevor Lawrence. And there's a lot of hype with Calvin Ridley coming back, but I still don't think that they're gonna finish with a higher record than the Cowboys just because I ha- just because I have the Cowboys going fourteen and three this season, which is I know a really high record that you um and we had that article on blogging the boys about it. And, you know, I had by far the highest one. I'm a believer. I'm an optimist for this season. So I'd be surprised if any team in the AFC finished with a higher record than that. But, you know, one team that would really surprise me would maybe be like the Jets or the Jaguars.
1: Okay. Um, so you've got the Jaguars. Cause we're going to kind of box you, you into a particular team here. Brandon, who is the AFC team? Again, we're reading the headline. This is on. Brandon, do you get the newspaper at your house? You feel like somebody that would get a newspaper to me.
3: Absolutely not. I haven't got I haven't looked at our actual paper in years.
1: Wow, okay. Well way to ruin the whole narrative that I was just getting. Right. But anyway, you are looking at the paper, you're seeing the headline. You cannot believe that this AFC team finished with a better record than the Cowboys. What were the records?
3: Uh well before I get there, Chris uh, watch last week's show. I was four, I said fourteen and three and I got the looks from everybody on the on the round table. They gave me the they gave me the weird looks. So I'm with you on that just so you know. I, appreciate I mean it. I I the Steelers. I'm, I'm just going to stick with it because, you know, I got called out for wearing Steelers colors. I might as well just roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers today. And, and, and you know what, it comes down to, you know, it's it's more of a surprise than maybe Kenny Pickett picking up, uh, you know, picking up some steam as a, as a really st- NFL starter caliber uh, quarterback. So for me, I mean, you can't bet against Mike Tomlin. He's been, he's been in the league a very long time. He's one of the longest tenure coaches, I think, behind Bel- Belichick these days. So I mean they've had a little bit of a rough patch the last few years and it's not the most Mike Tomlin esque type teams but I feel like I feel like the draft they did really well I, you know of course they brought in a guy that I really liked Tony Tony and I you know obviously Tony brought it up before with Joey Porter Jr. that was my guy that was my guy all all draft season I was you know I was disappointed that he had to go to the Steelers but that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do they know how to draft well they just they build good players and, and and their defense is pretty solid they think they still have that TJ Watt kid so i think they'll be okay in that aspect to me and to me i think that's for the team to watch out for i think they're going to be they're going to be a, a sleeper team and i i know i started off with 14 and 3 so i i don't think the steelers are going really to You're going to walk go. it back
1: one week later literally, literally just one no, week no, 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 later no, no,
3: no. No, I don't think the Steelers are going to go above 14-3 is what I'm saying. Because if I had to put a record on I can't say 15-2. That's crazy. I I don't see the Steelers doing that. But, you know, if the the Cowboys have some injury issues and they slide back a little bit further down on the win and loss scale, I could see them, I could see the Steelers, you know, maybe getting 12 wins and maybe the Cowboys sliding down more to 11. So I guess that's where I stand on it.
1: Rex Morgan says Pittsburgh pick it to Pickens go ten and seven. Dallas stumbles to eight and nine. I think we all believe a little bit more in the Cowboys than eight and nine. That um, barring any sort of disaster, obviously feels um, like a really, really, really low floor for them. Uh, Kevin disagrees with you, Chris. Um, says I don't know. It thinks the Jags are for real. Um, you had some confidence, but you know Kevin saying <laughs> he has a lot of confidence in the Jaguars. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kevin also says I don't know whether whether to give Chris points for thinking we will win 14 games or take away points for thinking that bold, but insane. And that's what this ultimately comes down to. Um, really? How many games do you think the Cowboys are win? Like if we set the over under at like, I don't know, 11 and a half, right. You know, do they, you know, win 12 games again for the third year in a row or do they finish below that? What AFC team is going to be that good? Um, the jets was kind of a lame pick, Tony. Sorry. Um, you know, that one dunk. You didn't get any points from me. The Jaguars. I'm not ready to believe in either. So I'm kind of with you, Chris. I would be a little bit surprised. I think Pittsburgh is a team hiding in plain sight, Brandon. My team, my selection, none of you asked about, very rude on your behalf. The Miami Dolphins. I don't believe. Like, I, I like what they have on paper, but I just, I kind of, you know, I need, I need to see it. I really do. Like, I I can't buy all of it. So, um, Miami is the team for me. Uh, nobody got it, so nobody gets the golden ticket and gets to go to Willy Wonka's uh, Chocolate Factory. So, bummer for all of you. Tony, who do you want to go next?
2: Yeah, give it to Brandon. He his finger up.
1: Brandon. Headline from the future. So, again, you cannot disagree with this. This is true. This is fact. You have to explain what happened. The leader in receiving touchdowns on the Dallas Cowboys was not CeeDee Lamb. The leader in receiving touchdowns on the team through the 2023 season, the season that has yet to come, was not CeeDee Lamb. Would you like to know how many touchdowns every player caught last year?
3: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay, so receiving touchdowns last year, CeeDee Lamb did lead the team with nine. Dalton Schultz, now a member of the Houston Texans, had five. Michael Gallup, who only played in 14 games, had four. Tony Pollard, Noah Brown, also in Houston, each had three. Both Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson had two. So again, the headline from the future, you can't be like, well, I think CeeDee's going to lead the team. No, all right? He did not in this reality. So what happened that led to this event?
3: I would say... uh I see a, a Michael Gallup resurgence post ACL uh, injury. One year, one year removed from the, the ACL injury, that's what they say. That year two and uh, after the surgery is when they take the the, the leaps and, and gallops back uh, to form. And I think that is the guy to watch out for. Uh, and I think I think Gallup is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And a lot of people I still feel like are are dogging him a little bit, and that's just kind of my issue with it. But in all reports that I've seen, it seems like seems like Michael Gallup is uh, trending in the right direction. I mean, Dak seems pretty happy about it. It seems like everybody I've seen is pretty is pretty optimistic about a Michael Gallup resurgence. So that's that's why C.D. Lamb is not going to get it. And and let's be honest, Brandon Cooks is going to steal a few of those as well. So I think it's a combination of a deeper receiver core, and I and don't be surprised by the tight ends. I think the tight ends there's enough death, enough enough depth there. Where I think they can, you know, I think they're going to steal some touchdowns. So I, I don't, I don't think CD's going to have a good year. I feel like he will, but I do think the touchdowns are going to be spread out. I think Dak's going to have a monster season. I think he's going to have over forty touchdowns this year passing, and I think it's going to be spread. It's going, the wealth's going to be spread against uh, amongst all the other players and the and the offense. And I think it's, I think that's why CD Lamb is not going to be the touchdown leader.
1: Chris, before I get to you, I would like to ask you to guess who led the team in receiving touchdowns not last year, but the year before. So 2021. Amari Cooper's last season with the team.
0: Was it Dalton Schultz?
1: It was Dalton Schultz with eight, although he tied with Amari Cooper, to be fair. But he's listed first for alphabetical reasons. But um, I actually don't know why he's listed first, because that's not alphabetical. So whatever. But it was a tie between Amari and Dalton Schultz. Now, Michael Gallup in 2021 only played in nine games, but only had two touchdowns. So um, I think your point is very valid, Brandon, but... um, not exactly like a red zone monster, Michael Gallup, at least in recent memory. But that could obviously change. But Chris, why did C.D. Lamb not lead the team in receiving touchdowns in 2023?
0: I was originally going to go Michael Gallup as well, but I'm going to change it to be different. And you kind of changed my opinion a little bit, too, bringing up the recent stats, you know, about, you know, really showing that even though yeah. I feel like everyone kind of considers Michael Gallup that like big, like over the top catcher, you know, like the guy who brings down the contested catches and really makes those in traffic catches and should be a red zone threat. But the stats haven't really backed that up recently. I'm gonna go with Jake Ferguson. Actually, leads the team in receiving touchdowns. I think that the Schoonmaker pick is again gonna be viewed as a pick that didn't age very well for the Cowboys. And Jake Ferguson, you know, he just got invited to the tight end university camp, you know, by Travis Kelsey and all the other tight ends and everything. So I, I don't know. I believe in Jake Ferguson. I still wouldn't have gone with the with a Schoonmaker with that second round pick. And I think Jake Ferguson is gonna have a lot to prove. So he so cd lamb will not lead the team in receiving touchdowns because ferguson is going to end up being a big go-to target in the red zone for the cowboys in 2023
1: now to be clear and i think this is understood cd can have an amazing season without leading the team in receiving touchdowns this is a, a really that's what i think makes the game fun is this is a niche thing and sometimes like What was that, like, Julio Jones went, like, 14 games in a row, like, without catching a touchdown? I mean, you just get tackled at the one-yard line, like, weird crap happens, like, it's football. Um, And so Jake Ferguson could be 2011 Leron Robinson, Tony Catalina, right? Like, just this red zone monster, the guy that Dak Prescott looks to there. Is Jake Ferguson your answer as to mitigating this idea? Is it Michael Gallup? Like, why in your mind did CeeDee Lamb not lead the team in receiving touchdowns in 2023 like he did in 2022?
2: You know, I want to give Chris a lot of credit because, you know, the low hanging fruit is Brandon Cooks and I'm going to take it. But I really was thinking about Jake Ferguson at the beginning because I I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I'm a little higher on Luke Schoonmaker than probably you are. But this is how much respect I have for Jake Ferguson. I really do think it's his tight end room now. So for me, I I, I do expect Jake Ferguson to be a big part of this team. And we know how Dak Prescott loves his tight end. So I think that is a natural progression that we could see from him. But what I think and the reason why I think CD Lim isn't the leader in touchdown receptions this year would be because of Brandon cooks. It's the first, you know, field stretcher. I know we had T Y Hilton for a little bit there, but Brandon cooks younger, a little bit more explosive, a lot more juice in his legs, that veteran savvy in the middle of the field. He can move around, be a chess piece. I think that Dak Prescott's going to really fall in love with what Brandon Cooks can bring to this offense. We've already heard the professionalism that, you know, the mothership has been talking about with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks being there. I think the clicking, that work ethic, everything that's there, I think Brandon Cooks is exactly what this offense needs. Put a little, it takes a little less pressure off of C.D. Lamb. And you know what? At the end of the day, C.D. Lamb may, you know, have three or four hundred more yards receiving than uh brandon cooks but i bet you brandon cooks the guy who gets the money shot every time
1: does anybody know the most reception or most receiving touchdowns that brandon cooks had as a member of the houston texans what would you guess eight? it was
0: eight maybe
3: i'd say seven
2: i bet you it's low because i mean look who he played with but four
1: um tony i guess was the closest and tony did not go over so price is right wolves uh welcome to the showcase tony Kalina. it is six which he did twice in each of his first two seasons um and so uh well actually um before i get to my point chris you have a point that you expressed privately but you can by all means bring this up here if you'd like
0: i was gonna say i should be bold and say uh cd is not gonna lead the uh team in receiving touchdowns because it's gonna be deandre hopkins after we (laughs) signed him to that deal this upcoming a week and he's going to be the leader in touchdowns for us because he is the red zone threat he would be that guy that go-to guy all the route attention is on cd he's stretching the field brandon cooks you got all these weapons oh reliable Hop, one of the best receivers of the past decade i'm just saying you know I, you know i'm you know i'm thinking optimistically here um I, th- I love that. I was going to offer that as a joke if nobody did.
1: So I'm glad that you um you threw it in because it is kind of a jokey thing, right? Because it's not a yeah. real thing at this point in time. Um, I don't know that I've ever said this on any roundtable and I don't know how many I've done. Um, it might be at least in the hundreds um, at this point in time. I think all of you are right. And that's the answer here is because Michael Gallup's going to eat. Jake Ferguson's going to eat. Luke Schoonmaker is going to eat like and I'm not saying everybody's going to get portions the size of a Thanksgiving Day plate, but like everybody's going to eat to a certain degree. So like maybe cd has a regression of sorts and and quote unquote only catches seven touchdowns and you could just see somebody else edging him out just barely somebody has a 2018 blake darwin game and has a hat trick of sorts like it could just be one of those weird finicky things but there are a lot of options in the fold including brandon cooks i don't i don't know if that was your point tony that brandon is going to lead the team in in receiving touchdowns that i think is impossible like if, if there were odds on this um, I think CD would be the favorite, but Brandon cooks would be very low on my list. Who is second? Cause we all agree CD is the most likely who is the second most likely person to do it. We'll go in reverse order. Tony.
2: I would say it's Jake Ferguson then, you know, cause we know how he, like I said, and I mentioned it allude to it. Dak Prescott has that rapport with tight ends. It's Ben right. Dalton Schultz. We've seen Blake Jarwin at times. Jake Ferguson can naturally step into the middle of that field and be the guy who, uh, who t- takes those uh, touchdowns away from the other guys.
1: I think, on the Dalton Schultz point, which is the Jake Ferguson point, Dalton Schultz had played one or two full seasons, I guess, with Dak Prescott. And the first one was, was that 2021 season when he tied for the lead in receiving touchdowns, when he had eight. So like, if you just consider it to be a nameless position, if it's just a tight end, then yeah, by all means, just whoever is playing that position is the benefit of Dak Prescott's relationship with it. Uh, Chris Holling, who is the second most likely person to lead the team in receiving touchdowns?
0: I would say maybe I'm wrong and maybe Schoonmaker is that guy. And the Cowboys really did believe in him by taking him that early. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. It still stays in the tight end room because I know Dak loves his tight ends. Um, You know, like, let's say I'm wrong. I was very wrong about the Tyler Smith pick. I think a lot of us were. So, you know, with Schoonmaker, you know, maybe he is the right pick. And maybe with his size and, you know, his athletic traits, maybe he is the guy who leads the, uh, the, the team in touchdowns in his rookie season, which would be an incredible rookie year. That would be quite the like. Look at what the Cowboys knew. Blah blah
1: blah. Yeah. Um, Brandon, who is
0: the second most
1: likely person to lead the team in receiving touchdowns?
3: I'm gonna stand pat. My, Michael Gallup. I feel like I it's feel a like solid a pick. I think it's a resurgence that's coming. And and Dak even the hype train. You know, if you you know, it. you guys follow it. I mean, Dak's been hyping Michael Gallup up. I mean, there was articles that came out in the last week or so. And and last time I checked, uh, it's good to have the, uh, the 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 number one quarterback. You know, giving you some love and saying, yeah, he looks like his old self that tells me that old self Michael Gallup is going to be coming back here in 2023. And I think he's going to have a very good season. And, and RJ to your point, I think it's going to be spread out. I think there's so many weapons that Dak's going to be able to choose from. I feel like everybody's going to eat. I I really agree with that, but I do think Michael Gallup's going to be the guy that people are going to be shocked that he's going to, he's going to be right there uh, at the top of the leaderboard for, I would, I would even go even further and say yardage because he, you know, he can get those big, big yardage plays. But I also think he's going to get some. He's going to get some touchdowns this year. I just think I'm very, I'm very high on Michael Gallup returning to his form where you know where he had the thousand yard season not too long ago.
1: Mm, we will see. Okay, Tony Catalina, you had the benefit of looking at all these, and so I hope that there was one that you were like, I hope that I don't wind up having to talk about that one, and I hope it was this one. Tony, what is today? What is today's date? The uh, May 30th. All right. So it should have been obvious back in may which means it wasn't but it should have been obvious back in may that this move was not going to work for the cowboys we're going to be saying this we're going to be lamenting this tony at the end of the season it should have been obvious we should have said at the round table that this was not going to work what was it and why whatever
2: they're trying to do with this left guard spot
1: Mm, right now we
2: should have known from the jump that it isn't if it isn't don't fix it right it'd be tyron smith it should be tyler smith let's not be cute about it i know it's the otas and practice and they're trying to figure out who can do what and josh bog position flex and maybe terrence is a guard we know now and we'll know come january february whenever that may be that they shouldn't have messed around with it they know what the, the configuration of their five offensive linemen are and just put it out there and you know what if it isn't broke don't fix it just go out there and do what's best and that's what's best for
1: them um, Brandon, Chris, I'm going to give you each a bit of a heads up here. Cause again, Tony had the advantage of having these ahead of time that this already is obvious. So again, the, the spirit of the question is something that is not exactly obvious right now. Tony's answer is awesome. And I think, you know, we're all upset about this, but this is something that should have been obvious that uh, like implication was not obvious. That being said, Brandon, what is your answer? What are we going to say? Why didn't we say it in May? Why didn't they address it? What was it?
3: That Jake Ferguson is going to be the tight end one. <laughs> that, I, that's it. I, ah, what,
1: what, I, a, I, what a 10-minute sequence this wound up being. Okay, Brandon, go ahead. No, I, I,
3: and that's not that against Lou Schumacher. I, I think he's going to be a hell of a player, but Jake Ferguson needs to get some more love. I, I think he's the, to me, he's the tight end one. Also, oh, you're saying done.
1: this, this works out positively. You're saying Tony went negative. So you're saying this works out positively.
3: Yeah, I do. I think, I think so. Because a lot of, a lot of, and the thing is the tight end room, you know, people are expecting, you know, the tight ends, you know, maybe there, there's a youth movement coming in. There's not enough veterans in there. I think the tight end room as a whole is, is going to show some people, you know, that these guys are legit and they're going to, they're going to be around for the next few years. I, I I think Jake Ferguson is just, to me, he's, he's the guy. And, and Luke, and Luke Schoomaker, can make that one, two punch. I mean, you've seen it um, and, and I'm not going crazy here. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be that, that 12 personnel Patriots from back, you know, back in the day with a uh, Gronk and some, and some other guy I won't mention, but it was a pretty lethal uh, combination, unfortunately there. But, um, but I think, I think Ferguson and I, I think, I mean, don't forget about Hendershot. I mean, Hendershot's going to be a good mix too. I, I, I just think the depth of the tight end position is much better and much higher than what people are talking about in May. So the move is there is no move. You you have the players in place. You have the tight end. You have the tight end room filled. We don't need a veteran. We this is let's let's stick with what we have at the tight end room. I think we're okay there.
1: I would amend your point then because I thought you were saying that it should have been obvious that 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 this wasn't going to work out. I think that your point and you've said this before, but like your point is probably that spending a second round pick at the position was maybe not the best thing that they could have done something better because they had Jake Ferguson in tow. Yeah. Um,
3: uh, yeah. I guess. And and the guy that I, I kept talking about, it was uh pain Durham. That was the guy that I was high on. Everybody knows that from, you know, the whole draft season. I was hoping to get a guy in the fifth round. I like Scoonmaker. I think he's got enough talent there, but I felt like they could have waited a little bit longer at the position. So yes, I, I like the player. I just didn't like the the slot and where they got him.
1: Okay, Chris Holling, what is the thing that should have been obvious to us back in May? We're we're now at the end of the season. It's cold outside. All right.
0: Um, RJ, what position on the football field is responsible for the most points for a team during the season?
1: I feel like you stole this line of logic from me, but I know the answer. and So I'm glad you asked me the question. It's the kicker. Kicker is, is the, the kicker. position that scores we the most are,
0: We are, it's about to be June and we still don't have our kicker on our roster right now. And I think that that's an obvious one. Like, what are we doing? Here's the thing. I still think that we shouldn't have let go of Brett Maher. I understand he had a horrible playoffs, but he was one of the more consistent players on the team for us all throughout last season. And here's my thing. If you were going to let go of Brett Maher, there should have been a for sure, like, let's get this guy right now. Surefire decision that we were replacing him with. It's May and there's a lot of capable vets still on the market. And for some reason, we're just kind of twiddling our thumbs right now, just sitting around like, oh, maybe we can get this guy later. Maybe we can get that guy. You know, how long is it going to be until Robbie Gold gets snatched up from another contender? You know, like, you know, the Cowboys are just waiting their time right now and they're not really putting an emphasis on the position and outside of the quarterback, the kicker position is like one of those more important positions that can literally win or lose you games. Like it can come down to one kick, one extra point or just one bad kickoff where it goes out of bounds. Like it could all, it could all fall apart just because of your kicker. It almost did for the Cowboys in the playoffs. And, and you know, he certainly didn't help us in the 49ers game either. So I think it should have been obvious that we should have paid a lot more attention and been a lot more, uh, what's the word, a lot more prioritizing of that position because we're sitting here in June and we're one of the only teams in the league who doesn't have a kicker, a solid for sure kicker going into the season.
1: Mm, I think that's really well said. Uh, Tony, do you know how many games in the regular season the Cowboys played that were decided by one possession or less? So eight points or less in the regular um, season because the, the playoff loss to San Francisco was also um, by that margin. They lost 12 to 19.
2: I say nine, but it's it, f- it feels high, but I'll stick with it
1: it is high it's seven um what do you think their record was in those games so one possession games last year
2: four and three
1: five and two they beat the cincinnati Bengals 20 to 17 literally on a last second game-winning field goal by brett maher um that was the first one and then um they beat the giants on monday night football when brett maher actually had a miss at the end of the first half 23 to 16 so not quite as tight of a situation they lost to the packers in overtime on a field goal obviously um after they held the ball that was obviously a a dark day for all of us they beat the giants on thanksgiving 28 to 20 so again not super tight uh they beat the texans at the very end 27 to 23 they beat the eagles on christmas eve Uh, 40 to 34 after actually i forgot when they lost to the jaguars in overtime 40 to 34 but that was the pick six um so again um this is evidence and this is value that the kicker presents like you those it's it's a coin flip like it's it's tough like you can't just like treat this like nothing tony i agree with chris chris had the right answer chris gets 100 points
2: yeah, I mean the kicker one is is an absolute um head scratcher right now. I mean the way they're handling it. I I agree with what Chris said. I know I was critical of Brett Maher last year in the playoffs. That was probably sour grapes on my behalf because during the regular season he was money. I mean, he was money, Maher. It was real. You get in those high pressure situations and you'd hope to see a better showing, but that doesn't discredit the body work you had in the regular season. But you know, they that that page is turned, so they say. But right now, the, the answer has not been answered. So, like, I mean, that question is still out there. And and if it is Maher, if it is something else, whatever it is, it's got to be figured out. And I think it needs to figure be figured out quickly.
1: I, um, Chris, you took some heat in the comment section. I was trying to give my dog a treat and get him away from something for saying the Cowboys shouldn't have let go of Brett Maher. I think multiple things are true here. It's true that Brett Maher was a wonderful player in the regular season for the Cowboys and a surprise. But it's also true, Brandon, that like, given the way it ended. They had to move on. Like it was just the the fact that it was the playoffs. Like, I mean, fair, unfair, right, wrong and different, whatever. Like it just had to happen. Like we, we can accept that. Like it's unfortunate the way it went. Um, uh, But that being said, it, you, you have to have a kicker, Brandon. You have to. And they don't like, and here's the thing, Brandon. I'll, this is my little diatribe. We're running on now a few years where the Cowboys have not exactly treated this seriously. All right. Dan Bailey was cut in 2018. That decision aged well. All right. We'll give the Cowboys their props for assessing Dan Bailey, understanding, analyzing, saying, we're ready to move on. They were right. All right, cool. Brett Maher, they stumbled into in 2018. Worked out. 2019, everything fell apart. We don't have to revisit that. 2020, what happened, Brandon? They bring in John Fossil's guy, Greg Zerline. Up and down season, up and down season. 2021, up and down season, up and down season. 2022, does anybody remember who the kicker was on this team at this time a year ago? I'll ask the room, actually. Jonathan Garibay. It was Jonathan Garibay um as i sorry this dog is all over the place tonight
3: um i think it's robbie gold is the choice i think to me it's the easy choice and, and no and no offense guys with, with Brett maher yes he did great in the regular season That that's great but guess what He you know he he had the yips in the postseason and last time i checked you have to do well in the postseason to get to the super bowl so to me uh, you know thank you Brett maher for a great regular season but postseason you choked sorry move on robbie gold is the guy i i I, I think he's a proven veteran his stats his stats don't lie and last time I checked he's made a he's made a, a plethora of of uh good quality kicks in high pressure situations in the playoffs I mean Robbie gold's the choice for me I don't care if he's he's getting closer to 40. he still can kick the ball very well he's a very accurate kicker I think it's I think the Cowboys just need to get it done
0: Chris you had one final point to kind of tie this up I was going to say, I mean, I understand you had a bad postseason, but what if we use that logic for every player on the Cowboys? Like, like what if we released other players on the Cowboys who just had poor postseasons and just discredited all they did throughout the regular season? There's a lot of players who I don't think would be on the team right now. I'm not going to name names and start a lot of controversy, but we have several players on the team who haven't lived up to their regular season expectations when the playoffs come. It's pretty much a whole Cowboys organization, you know, ever since I've been alive. So, I mean, I understand Damn. that, you know, You know, you know, like I understand that 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 kicker situation is a fragile position and you really can't have those screw ups in the playoffs. But there's several players on this team who have kind of struggled in the playoffs. And, you know, we're still giving them more chances throughout the regular season. I understand it's easier to replace a kicker in terms of like the finances and everything. Like, I understand that you're not tied down as much as some of the other players, but I don't know. I think that you shouldn't discredit what he did during the regular season and just say move on because he had one and a half bad playoff games. Um, I think that's fair. I think that
1: the particulars of the situation are a little bit more unique than like the average player who had a poor postseason showing. Uh, but that point is, is, is fair. But, I mean, we all agree that there are different rules for different positions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this was a good question. So shout out to me for uh, the entire exercise and for this particular question. So, Great um, job, Arsene. All right. Uh, thank you, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, you're actually up next. Uh, so here we go. There was a loss in the month of November. That we could, or that we just could not explain, kind of like that Jaguars loss last year, right? There was a, a loss in the month of November, and I have the schedule, so don't worry if everybody's panicking and trying to find it. There was a loss was in the month of November that we just could not explain. These are the Cowboys' November games. Again, that we could not explain is the headline from the future at the Eagles, the Giants, at the Panthers, the Commanders on Thanksgiving Day, and the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football seven days after Thanksgiving. Brandon.
3: Oh, it's the Panthers. I mean, this, this lines up to be a the type of a Cowboys loss that would really tick me off because I do feel like they're going to play well against our division foes with the Eagles and giants and commanders. And the, I think the Seahawks game, that's going to be a tougher game that I think people are are making a note of. So I'm not really surprised there. I think the Seahawks are going to play well this, this coming year, but the, the team that I just don't have faith in to being a good team this year is the Panthers. So, to me, by my logic, the, you know, the way the Cowboys play against they, – they play to their level of their opponents. This is the type of game, to me, where they're just going to – and I don't want to say it this way because I don't want to, you know, th- you know throw shade at the coaching staff, but I just feel like they're just going to have a letdown. There's always a letdown in one game each year in particular. Right. Where they're like, they are like they shouldn't have lost this game. And to me, I would say out of this group here in November, it's got to be the Panthers. I mean, that's it, the easy choice because – if they if they lose to the Eagles, okay. We know the Eagles are probably gonna be pretty good this year. The Giants, I, I I'm higher on the Giants than a lot of people are, but I still that's that's still okay. They lose they lose a the game, they maybe split they split the series this year. Commanders, again, NFC East, it's always tough. And then the Seahawks, I feel like are better than what people think they are. So I think I think the Cowboys should be able to take care of that game. It's just to me, it's it's the Panthers because they they just have these letdowns where they just lose games inexplicably it's just and, and, and you guys have seen it we've seen these games i mean i mean look what happened last year i mean the, the for the like for example the jaguars the jaguars were a team that like we should have won that game and obviously it was a terrible situation with the, the overtime and everything we just talked about but that's that typical game and i feel like yes the cowboys came back and beat the, the lowly houston texans last year but i feel like the panthers are a step above what the 2022 texans are so by that by, by that metric for me it's like if they play as bad as they did against the 2023 panthers as they did against the 2022 texans it's going to be a loss that's just my that's my logic on it
1: mm. um the cowboys tend to also be like a kingmaker Right. I interviewed Trevor Lawrence um, in the week leading up to the Super Bowl, and I asked him, like, what was the reaction, you know, for you after you guys beat the Cowboys? He was like, well, it's like the biggest thing that I'd ever done in the NFL because, you know, I beat the Cowboys. Right. Like, so they could they have that effect. Um, whatever. Uh, that being said, you know, things can surprise us for different reasons. So, Chris Halling, what is the one that you think? I, I mean, we all agree with Brand. There's the one there's the how how you know that we're they're sitting here. We're circling it. They should absolutely crush this team. And then they lose. What is that game going to be and why?
0: I don't know. I don't want to agree, but it's so obviously the Panthers. And I hate to say that too because I already have tickets to that game, you know, because I'm a North Carolina guy. So I would hate to be in that crowd and see that and just you know, you know, I went to the last game when we lost what 16 to 8. It was like week one, and that was our wide receiver core was Brett Maher debut game
1: to go back to Brett Maher. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it was a rough day. So, but honestly, I think one reason why I would go with the Panthers for that is when you look at the actual order of it i mean it is you know it's eagles giants then the panthers then the commanders so you got three division rivals in four weeks and that one non-division rival is the Panthers you know the Cowboys are going to be focused on all those NFC East teams because you know it's more important to play your divisional games it's more important to come out with those wins so their focus will not really be on the Panthers it's gonna be like oh it's you know you know like it's just out in North Carolina we'll travel down there real quick you know like we'll get an easy win and then we'll focus on you know what actually matters for us you know come you know throughout the playoffs so And honestly, I think Bryce Young is going to have a really good rookie year. And, you know, most rookies, they kind of struggle when they first start playing their games, like early on in their rookie season because, like, they're getting used to it. They're kind of getting settled in. That's around the time of the season when I feel like a rookie quarterback of his – his expectation would really start to turn around and start playing up to the potential of a first overall pick so i could see that you know i could see him maybe doing some damage to our really talented defense and it's going to be one of those like how did we just let bryce young throw for 300 yards against his defense like that shouldn't have happened you know what i mean so it's i think that that could be one of those games if you were asking me to pick between those those five matchups i would pick the panthers as well
1: um so uh we put this comment up kevin brandon told you uh, that it's the right answer but it's low-hanging fruit and kevin and chris told you minus one for lack of creativity but it is the right answer so um you guys went pretty chalk um i used to think and, and there used to be some data behind this that the week before thanksgiving was kind of an egg for the cowboys does anybody remember who they played the week before thanksgiving two years ago in 2021 Remember they lost on thanksgiving to the raiders so the week before then They were in Kansas City the Sunday before Thanksgiving. They lost that game 9 to 19. So that kind of fits the vibe, right? Like, oh, they're going to go like, you know, they're focused on Thanksgiving, blah, blah. Does anybody remember who the Cowboys played last year? That was Sunday before Thanksgiving.
0: Don't even remember what I had to eat last week. Yeah, great great work for
1: the podcast science. They (laughs) dropped the hammer on the Minnesota Vikings. So kind of the exact opposite effect. So you could totally see that going one way or another. Um, so that being said tony catalina this is a game of charm the roundtables are so we've had two people go with the panthers and they've both been chastised for a lack of creativity so tony catalina you're last here on this question what is the weird november loss that we won't be able to explain
2: yeah i mean you you say charm and i actually lead off by like giving you credit because you said the term kingmakers and i do think that with thanksgiving the way that everyone gets up for these nationally televised games and and Washington commanders and Sam Howell have the game of his life, and there really won't be any explanation for it other than that, right? Because as Cowboys fans, we've we've come accustomed to not being able to digest our food comfortably on Thanksgiving and certain holidays. So that that that's tough. You'll need a couple of tums, a couple of aids because you know why? Because Sam Howell Go out there and throw three touchdowns, 275 yards. So rush one in. They'll see some group celebration on like the Fox telecast that'll make me sick to my stomach because there is no analytical, statistical rhyme or reason why the Cowboys should lose the Washington Commanders on Thanksgiving. But that's the one that'll kind of make me upset in November, I'm sure of it
1: um that was really spookily eerily accurate like especially him having some sort of celebration that we then have to see like on the sunday countdown shows like a few days later uh when we're all like kind of a few days over it's like that stupid celebration that like everyone thinks is the funniest thing of all time i also think that we are sleeping a teeny tiny bit On the commanders. Uh this week uh on the NFC East mixtape, which drops tomorrow on Wednesday, uh myself and Brandon Gowton, not you, Brandon Clements, uh, we gave reasons why we are bullish on every team in the NFC East. Does anybody remember what Washington's record was after 12 games? I know I've asked you guys a lot of trivia this episode, so yeah, whatever. They were seven and five there was seven and five after 12 games. Like there was a, a moment where we were like, all four teams are going to make the playoffs in the NFC East. Like, I know we are like, they stink and they're terrible. Like their organization has sun, you know, shining on it for the first time with the ownership sale. Um, whatever you think about Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, Uh, they are void of Carson Wentz. Like, that is a good thing. So I'm totally with Tony. I could totally see this. And, like, Thanksgiving is a weird slot for the Cowboys against Washington. They beat them in 2016. But other than that, they do kind of tend to struggle with them. They did have the Amari Cooper game uh, in 18 against them as well. But I could totally see this being a loss because I think, Chris and Brandon, what you both did was you picked the game that you're comfortable with. Losing, you're like, well, if they lose to the Panthers, it's fine. If they win the other three against the division rivals, and so it's just not going to happen that way. One of these is not going to go our way, and we're going to be pretty pissed off about it, huh, Brandon? I don't, I don't
3: think we're losing
1: on that given. Wow, Tony Brandon just called you stupid and ugly. Wow,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just used to the pain. That's all. Like, like you said, even down to the dancing, because you know it's going to be some Cam Newton esque finds the he finds the camera, and it's going to be on every highlight for the rest of the season. So. I, I, I get the pit in my
3: stomach. I'm calling a blowout on Thanksgiving for the Cowboys. It's gonna be okay.
1: Um, okay, Chris Holling, are you ready for your final one? Let's do it. Now you might want to pull up um, his like career statistical page when I give you this because you're gonna need that, I think. Um, so it's a little bit of a complicated one for you in that sense. But uh, again, headline from the future, Chris Holling, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott set a career high in one category. What was it? What was that category for Dak Prescott? Set a career high last year in interceptions, obviously. I mean, what is it going to be and why? It can be positive, it can be negative. You can go anywhere you want. I'm doing all this to buy you time to pull it up, obviously, because I care yeah, about you. I got it. Okay, you're I good to go. It. What is the career high that Dak Prescott's going to set and why? How did we get to that point?
0: I'm going to go with passing touchdowns. Uh, Brandon kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I don't know. I think, you know, people forget Dak had a pretty, you know, I would say lackluster season last year, but people forget that in 2021, Dak threw for 37 touchdowns. He
1: was dealing and and he missed a game. He was
0: dealing and he missed a game and they've added... Another game on the schedule since then, you know. Like now, it's seventeen, not sixteen. If I'm correct, I don't think that that was the case in 2021, was it? It it was. That was literally the first season of seventeen. Okay. All right. All right. But I never mind. My bad. I think the seventeenth game
1: was moot for them in 2021, if I recall correctly. It was. um, Yeah. It was at Philly um, in 2021. That. Oh yeah. That was the Saturday night game when they played for all the records, and you know, Zeke got his thousand yards and everything.
0: Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, so I think that you know, I think. With Dak being fully healthy and him coming into the season, you know, without any lingering injuries or anything, I see him going above and beyond his 37. I think he hits 40. I think he at least hits 40. Um, I don't know if he'll only have 10 interceptions like he did while throwing 40, you know, touchdowns. So I'm going to go that he has 42 touchdowns, and that's five more than his career high. And I think that he's going to be in the MVP conversation. And, you know, he's going to have a lot of people, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of people regretting their words this offseason, talking about how we should move on from him and all those, you know, quotes. So I don't know. I think he's going to get touchdowns. You know, we brought in uh, Brandon Cooks. We've um, uh, I, I think we're going to get a higher. Um, you guys all healthy, think Jake Mike Ferguson's Gallop. catching like 12 touchdowns. Yes, so I exactly. <laughs> exactly. It makes sense. And then CeeDee Lamb's going to keep building off of his wide receiver one season that, that, that uh, he had last year. I think Dak, his uh, career high in the category is going to be in passing touchdowns.
1: Uh, Tony, do you know what Dak's previous career high was before the 37 in 2021? Was it like 32? It was 30 flat Hmm. in 2019. So 42 would be this like, you know, kind of real come out of nowhere thing. Now, Chris you flew a little close to the sun in my mind because there has to be a reason that you throw for 42 touchdowns, right? Like you, you know, you have to be competitive. You have to be in these games. Like you can't win your division too closely. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if the weird stuff goes against you, sometimes you're just unable to do those sorts of things. But do you agree? Well, with I have... him? Oh, go ahead. Uh, Chris.
0: I'm about to say, well, I have them going fourteen and three, so I don't have them having a lot of issues throughout the regular do season. Do you have
1: Do you have them blowing out the division? Like, do they lock this thing up by
0: Christmas? Because if they... so, they might
1: put them on ice.
0: Yeah. So I have us. So so our three games that I have us losing is the first matchup against the Eagles, and then they lose to the Bills. And no, um, it's in December in Buffalo, and then I think we're gonna lose the last game of the season to Washington just because we're resting our players at that point because we See would be you. fourteen and two. So. You know, in that regard, I still think that Dak is going to have that kind of a season. And I don't know. I just think that with all those offensive weapons back, you know, Michael Gallup is going to be a lot healthier. Brandon Cooks is coming in. I think that we are going, you know, that may be an ambitious number, but. I also have us winning 14 games, and a lot of people would call that ambitious as well. So I'm going to stick to my optimistic guns here. You know, we have a great defense. And guess what? I think that Dak is going to excel even more now that Kellen Moore is gone. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, it looks like he wants to have a more simple and a more Dak-friendly offense and not really do too much, too many complex plays and and do a lot of different things so I think that's gonna be more comfortable I think that's gonna have a lot of weapons and I think that we're gonna have a really high winning season this year so I think that that all sets up to Dak having a great statistical touchdown season
1: um shout out to Swanee boy watching us on Twitch says that touchdown count would be ambitious but definitely possible it means we pull away from the run first offense and start to air raid I would be ecstatic to your point Chris uh Tony your thoughts on This possibility, whether or not that's what you would have chosen for Dak, how do you feel?
2: I I wouldn't have chosen that. I think it's very realistic. And, you know, I'm actually going to go one step higher and it'll kind of put us, you know, me, Chris and Brandon all on lockstep here. And I'm going to preface this by saying wins are not a QB stat but I say that Dak Prescott hits his ceiling for the most wins he's ever had in a career with 14 the season. They go 14 and three. Now I think this is a very pivotal year. I said this last year, there's been a lot of negative talk about Dak Prescott. You know, if you, if you read a blog in the boys article with any positivity about Dak Prescott, it's probably going to met with some resistance there. But I say to say, this is the year that Dak Prescott kind of, you know, whatever he does to kind of calm the storm around his name. I think last year, People have given him a bad rep. They're coming. It's drawn into this offseason with the Eagles playing well and them being a competitor. It's kind of just thrown, you know, some oil or gas on the fire here. But I truly believe that Dak Prescott is going to come into 2023, kind of like what Brandon alluded to with Mike McCarthy at the helm, who is truly trying to build this offense around Dak Prescott and make sure that Dak is doing the best he possibly can this year with the weapons they have, you know, CD Lamb coming into his own, Brandon Cooks in the fold, trying to add Luke Schoonmaker, Jake Ferguson stepping up. And I think if they figure out the offensive line and have the right configuration that we all understand, this could be a very, very successful season for the Dallas Cowboys and extension. That is also for Dak Prescott. So I'm very comfortable saying that Dak will exceed his win total in 2023.
1: Uh, Kevin says uh, 14 wins. I don't know what the guys are on, but they need to share. Um, You guys are pretty, um, pretty bullish yourselves on the Cowboys. Um, Brandon, what would you have done?
3: I'm very bullish on the completion percentage stats.
1: (laughs) That's where I was gonna go, Brandon. So well done.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I'm let's and let's be honest, people give Dak a lot of flack. I mean, they have, I mean, it's not only just Cowboys fans, but it's it's even like the pundits from the media, and they're they don't give Dak enough flowers. And looking at the career stats, he is eighth all time in completion percentage with sixty-six point six percent, which is an evil number, obviously, but he's eighth all time. That's pretty darn good if you look at the list of quarterbacks that have come through the doors of the NFL. Last time I checked, it's a pretty darn good door. Where I think he goes with a percentage-wise, and and this is to Chris's point just a few minutes ago. He was talking about Kellen Moore. Adios. More DAC friendly. What does more DAC friendly mean? It means better completion percentage. And to me, I know the record for completion percentage is Drew Brees at 74, but I, I don't think he gets to 74. But I am bullish on him having a career high because he's he's gonna he's gonna get close to I'd say seventy percent I think is the magic number. He's already had sixty eight point eight percent as a career high completion percentage, and he's never had the assortment of weapons that he has coming into the twenty twenty three season. So for me, I think I think this is the easy choice. I think he's gonna hit seventy percent. I, I think I think it's gonna be a monster season. And, and again, to, to what the boy said, I think you know forty plus touchdowns. 70% completion percentage. He's going to be in the running for some, uh, some awards at the end of the season. I'm just going to keep it
1: at that. So this is Dak Prescott's fourth season with Mike McCarthy as his uh, head coach, obviously not his fourth with him as his play caller, but obviously his fourth with him as an offensive inspiration. If you want to call it that uh, Aaron Rodgers' fourth season with Mike McCarthy at the helm was 2011. Uh, that was the first of his three MVP seasons. I'm sorry, four MVP seasons to date. Um, Does anybody want to guess what Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage was in 2011, his MVP year, or that first MVP year? 68.
0: uh, I was going to say 68, too. I'll go 69 to change it. uh,
1: Nice. Uh, (laughs) 68.3, which is uh, a half a point Uh, off of Dak Prescott's career high, to Brandon's point. Um, And so... I agree. Um, Dak Prescott's career high is 68.8, as Brandon said. So you would have to assume that he'd have to hit 69. Once again, nice uh, to have a career high. Uh, but I, I like the answer, Brandon, but I think your reasoning was just a bit off. Um, Jake Ferguson last year, I've written about this before. He had one of the lowest yards per uh, yards before the reception per completion. Like the dude ran like 1.7 yards before. He didn't have like a ton of com, uh, receptions last year. But my point is like all line of scrimmage. And what are the Cowboys going to do out of the backfield this year? Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, Hunter Lepke. Like that's a lot of dump offs. Those are easy completions for Dak Prescott in a mathematical sense. So I could totally see Dak Prescott sitting a, a, a career high from a completion percentage standpoint. So Brandon wins that particular point. Congratulations to you. Are we ready for our final headline for the, the future? Tony Catalina, it is up to you. You've known what it is because I gave, obviously, you know these other ones out, so you had process of elimination. So here we go. Tony Catalina, headline from the future. A Cowboys player won an award that was not Defensive Player of the Year. I think if we, again, took stock, if there were odds, what Cowboy is most likely to win what particular award, it would be Micah Parsons to win Defensive Player of the Year. So in this world... That did not happen, but I'm telling you, you just woke up out of a coma. Tony, there was a cowboy who won an award. It wasn't Micah. Whoa, who was it? Why? What happened? Tell us. Tony, go.
2: I'll tell you what. It was number 88, C.D. Lamb. With all of the praise That we're singing About Dak Prescott And the uh, The addition of A Brandon Cooks It has opened up This offense has opened up This playbook And I could see C.D. Lamb winning The Offensive Player Of the Year award Some I know we had talked about In the first You know future He possibly doesn't Lead the team In touchdowns I don't think That's going to Actually happen I think C.D. Lamb Is going to explode I think that he is Completely comfortable In his role As the number one Wide receiver He's going to be Left I know he's in that Top 10 conversation For me easily I think he's going to end up in that top 5 to 7 conversation when the season's all said and done and I don't know if I'll have a, ju- a Justin Jefferson type impact because that's just not how the Cowboys offense flows but when we're all said and done here I could see cd Lamb holding some offensive player of the year hardware when the all, when the year is over.
1: Um Tony, that is um you know an interesting claim. Um the offensive player of the year last year was Justin Jefferson and in the spirit of tonight's episode I'll ask you to guess his career or his season stat line in 2022.
2: Man, was it like 13 or 14 touchdowns and
1: 1,400 yards? Um, You're way off on touchdowns. So he had (laughs) 128 receptions, only eight touchdowns receiving, Mm. uh, but 1,809 receiving yards. Um, So again, like part of what makes awards interesting is there is narrative involved, whether fair or not. Um, So you would think, that CD would have to come close to this, right? Because if he fell short of this just one year later, people would say he didn't even have what Justin Jefferson had last year. He had only had 1,600 yards. So, like, again, the implication here is that he's going to have north of 1,809 receiving yards. Could you really see that happening, Tony?
2: Well, I could see him having way more touchdowns and maybe less yards because I think at the end of the day, if you can punch it in for six, that is much more value. So if he's around the fourteen to 1,500-yard uh you know receptions and five or six more touchdowns. I think we're in a real conversation there.
1: Mm, I don't know. You didn't really tell me. You had a moment here, Tony, and you had the whole question the whole time. And this is what you came up with. Um I don't know, <laughs> but you did go first. Uh let's go, Brandon. You next uh a Cowboys player won an award that was not defensive player of the year.
3: Oh this is I mean we've been talking about Dak for the last uh what half an hour or you so. gonna do it? I'm doing it. I don't care. Dak MVP baby let's go I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train. I mean let's let's be honest. I think Tony threw 42 touchdowns out. Chris is pretty bullish on on 40 touchdowns as am I. I threw the 70% completion percentage out there. I think he's going to have a, I think he's going to be very low in the interception category. I I feel like single digits is coming this year. And and I think uh, 14 and 3 is what Chris and I definitely had for uh, season record. So if you put all those ingredients together and and I think he also throws for 5000 passing yards. That's, that's another number I'm throwing out. I feel like he's just going to be a monster all the way around. I think this is the Dak season for an MVP. And you know what? Call me crazy, but I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a believer in Dak Prescott, especially with all the weapons he has. MVP should not be far out of the equation. And the stats don't lie. We've already talked about the projected stats we think he's going to get. So if those stats all line up, it's kind of, you know, he's got to be up on the list for MVP, doesn't he?
1: I will say this. My biggest reason for supporting your argument, Brandon, is actually nothing of what you actually said. Um, And it's (laughs) because there is narrative involved with awards. So, like, Patrick Mahomes has two MVPs. Like, you've got to do something Herculean to win a third. And you have to improve upon yourself. The odds of that happening from a statistical standpoint are unlikely people would say jalen hurts the odds of him having a higher statistical season in 2023 than he just did are extremely low joe burrow is another candidate for mvp how are you going to outdo josh allen like all these players have already kind of come close and picked up lots of mvp votes so how can they outdo the performances that netted them those Dak is the one that is kind of due that is kind of up that is kind of the newest one that they're ready to throw some mvp votes at tony catalina now you want to jump on the bandwagon you realize how silly your answer was What's no that?
2: i want to i want to say I think that Dak Prescott has a tremendous amount of like like negative energy around him for something like this to happen I think it's the star in his helmet is a deter when it comes to this right Josh Allen You know a big star in the league Pat Mahomes a big star in the league people love Lamar Jackson And it's like once you wear that star we saw Romo deal with it We saw other quarterbacks in the star deal with it like for in order for Dak Prescott to actually be MVP it has to be so much like beyond like he has to come out here and be like astronomical and i know that's not fair to him and that's kind of the conversation that it that engulfs the Dak Prescott conversation but he'd have to be above and beyond everybody else even in a normal situation
1: so for what it's worth Tony Romo did get an MVP vote in 2014 and if we just want to compare things now that was 9 years ago it's a radically different NFL The Cowboys went 12 and three. He missed a game. He had a 69.9% completion percentage. That was his career high. 37 pass, uh, 3,700 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, which was kind of the super uncharacteristic thing at the time. Um, It was a stupendous season for him, and he only lost out because of the presence of Aaron Rodgers, Tony, and we all lost out because of that. Chris Holling, you've listened to everything that Brandon said. You've listened to everything that Tony said. You were looking at your phone. I could see your brain kind of working like, what am I going to pick? So lay it on us. A Cowboys player won an award that was not Defensive Player of the Year.
0: Since the year 2000, uh 13 <laughs> 13 linebackers have won defensive rookie of the year award well oh, oh, it's going to be 14 because the Overshone is going to win defensive rookie of the year for the cowboys in 2023 i think he's a special talent i think he's got the range to go all over the field i think he with the reps i could see you know maybe he's not that consistent at you know a few things maybe he's not the biggest in stopping the run. Maybe he has some coverage mishaps, but his range and his athleticism is going to allow him to get. And I'm going to say this: this headline comes true because my fear, my fear that Leighton Vander Esch can't go a full season fully healthy, playing at the level that he can play at. That's my fear. That's why I wanted us to maybe try and get a Bobby Wagner just for some insurance. You know, and you know, I know he went back to Seattle, but let's say Leighton Vander Esch gets hurt, they got to turn into Marvin Overshone. And he finishes the year with over a hundred total tackles in his rookie year. I know that that would be crazy, and I know that that's kind of really bold. But I got to, you know, you know, I got to throw a hail mary here. You know, Ceedee Lamb got picked. Dak Prescott got, got picked. You know, I'm going with the hail mary here. I'm going to Marvian Overshone Just stuns the league and wins defensive rookie of the year. You know, the last linebacker who won defensive rookie of the year was Micah Parsons. You can, you know, was he really a linebacker? Was he more on the edge? You know, those kind of those kind of questions. But you know, technically by position, the Marvin Overshown surprises us and he wins defensive rookie of the year.
1: Mm, and the reason Leighton Vanderesh did not win it as a linebacker was because Darius Leonard won it as a linebacker mm-hmm. in 2018. So um, I applaud mm-hmm. the ingenuity and the creativity, Chris. Um, I just it's, it's, you know, it's a tall order. I actually think that's more unlikely than Tony's. And I think Tony's is really far fetched. Uh, because, again, there's there's a, a level of practicality that you have to inject. I think Brandon has the most likely one, and, again, it's it's obviously a very difficult thing to fathom. Um, those are all of our headlines, and we're about to crown a winner, but before we do this, is your last chance to make any kind of plea? By the way, um, I almost was going to suggest what Kevin did, uh, the Mike McCarthy wins coach of the year, but I did specify it that it, it would have to be a Cowboys player, so that felt like cheating, uh, so I didn't want to do that. Uh, but anybody want to say anything else? Speak now or forever hold your peace, because we're about to hand this thing out.
0: I feel, guys, I, I feel confident in my body of work. You guys you guys are, are all holding for okay. Itself.
1: okay. Um it was interesting and you would think that, you know, Tony um having the the questions to the test would have done the best, you know what I'm saying? Um he did not. Um so Tony, you know,
2: i was preparing to be the host. I wasn't preparing yeah, to be the That's true. Know, that's fair. Well,
1: I'll give <laughs> you that. You did have to adjust, which means um, tonight's roundtable winner is not Tony. Tony actually tied for second place. So we had a winner and then a tie for second place. Um, Tony tied with Chris, 44 points. Brandon squeaked by on both with 45 points. Brandon Clements, congratulations. You have won headlines from the future. How do you feel?
3: I feel absolutely fantastic. I thought RG put a heck of a list of questions together. So RJ, you you get some of the credit on that as well. So great job by uh, doing you know doing your part here and and Tony, I, I, great job as well. Chris, great job. We all we all brought up some good points and and uh, I'll just add one little crazy nugget. I know you mentioned overshown, Chris. How crazy would it be if uh, Eric Scott Jr. I know the coaches love him. He was doing first team reps. What if something happened there and he was rookie of the year? I'm just I going eat, crazy off the map, but we'll see. I would eat
0: so much crow because I was on the draft live. I think when we drafted him, and I was so confused. I was so bothered by it. I think we all were. RJ was there. We all were like, "What? What was that decision?" And so, yeah, that would they, definitely. They obviously, happen.
3: like him. So we'll
0: see. Yeah. What happens. Um. Yeah. Um.
1: Brandon. I mean, you're lucky you won because you're already. You know. You- <laughs> Like, you, you've had the check in your hand for 10 <laughs> seconds, Brandon. You're already, like, you know, itching to spend it. Uh, so... I am. Wow. Um, let's see here. Uh, Rick says congrats, Brandon. So uh, congratulations you, to you. Um, congratulations to the future, because I guess it's kind. You guys are all... Dak's going to be amazing. Michael Gallup, Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker. I mean, the only person who y'all hate is Brett Maher. who's not even on the team anymore. So... Um, you know, it just goes to show how strong and how, um, you know, sort of, um, empowering the Kool-Aid can be in the final month of May or the final days of May, I should say. So, um, yeah, um, Tony, it's that time. Um, I haven't (laughs) been here in a minute, but Tony, I'm going to amend this a little bit. I want you as we leave to describe for us, we started talking about food, your favorite most ideal dessert. I want, but I want you to, to paint a picture i mean make us hungry make us wish we had it so i I want to hear and and smell and taste the decadence so what is the most ideal dessert be as animated and detailed as you possibly can
2: okay well first you start with a nice golden shell right okay and then they fill it and stuff it somewhat what is
1: what is the shell like what is the, the food like Actually, you never heard
2: of a cannoli
1: all oh, right. Okay. So, well, you like, we're yeah, you have to use words. It. You I'm, can't just like, use I'm colors. J.K. Like, Rowling's
2: in this. I'm like, you Uh-oh. know, I'm
1: writing a story here. So
2: you fill it out. There's a nice shell. It's fried. It's beautiful. You stuff it on the left side. You stuff it on the right side. It's overflowing with the white, beautiful concoction, you know, some, and then you, you, you cover it with some chocolate chips, maybe a little powdered sugar. And then you have a beautiful cannoli from the, the, the country of Italy, my, you know, my motherland yeah i got some family over there but uh i i wish i had one of those right now to be honest
3: me too
1: did he land the plane chris he landed the plane Great sure, job, I, almost, I think it. he landed <laughs> the plane yeah i think he yeah got i it. mean I need one we're shaky now. um okay you landed the plane. good job tony